When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Inside Purple and Gold. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani. Our co-host, Tom Schreier, cannot be here today, but that's okay. We've got our good friend, Paul Dettino. He's a New York media legend. He's been doing it for a really long time. He's a member of the New York Giants broadcasting team, and we're thrilled to have him on today. Paul, how you doing? Nice to talk to you. Happy holidays. Hey, hey happy holidays to you, too. Um, will you be in Minnesota this weekend for the Christmas Eve game? 100%. In fact, I'll be on the Giants' sideline the entire day. There you go. There you go. Well, thanks for the roof, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, this, this is... Uh... With all due respect to Bud Grant, who's one of my favorite football people from the 70s. Sure. Before we get into the Giants-Vikings game, the roof is, is so important. I went to the, the Vikings-Seahawks playoff game when they were playing at TCF Bank Stadium on the University of Minnesota campus uh, while they were building this new stadium. I think it was negative 15 degrees the whole game. That was obviously the Blair Walsh missed field goal. Um, but yeah, they're, we're grateful for the roof this weekend for sure. Yeah, I was at uh, I was at that Gophers Stadium as well in 2015. Uh, the Giants went out there and got whacked by Minnesota. In yep. fact, Harrison Smith had a 35-yard pick six in that one. And I was on the sideline for that game too and freezing my butt off in one of the coldest. And I don't know what the temperature said. I really don't care. My blood said it was one of the coldest games I've covered in 40 years. It's crazy. And then, and then you got these players out here who – being tough guys wearing short sleeve shirts. I'm I'm saying just put just put on the Under Armour, the long sleeve. Uh, who who are you who are you trying to impress with with the skin into the cold air? <laughs> uh, well, Paul, this Giants team. I feel like at least for the first three months of the season, two months of the season, it, it felt like the Vikings and the Giants were very like mirror images of each other. A lot of people wondering, like, can they keep up this this progress or can they keep up this level of, of consistency? And then you saw the Giants kind of hit a lull for the past month, obviously get back on track on in Monday night, uh, you know, against the Commanders. Well, what, what's your makeup of the Giants team to this point? How, how, what's your biggest takeaway when you look at this team as a whole and, and, and the progress they've made, maybe the, the, the trajectory they're on? 
They're a very, very well-coached team. They're a very smart team. Uh, they're a team that in some ways has overachieved. But when you're smart and when you don't make a lot of silly mistakes and you allow other teams to do the kinds of things that will put them in the quicksand, you can squeak out a lot of these games. Daniel Jones has authored five fourth-quarter victories uh, with his very smart and very precise quarterback play. I tell people all the time, if you play fantasy football and that's all you care about, you don't want Daniel Jones on your team. <laughs> but if you want to win a National Football League game in real life, you're very happy to have Daniel Jones on your team. And really, that's what it comes down to. Uh, I will tell you this. There's no doubt that Saquon Barkley has had a bounce back year, and he takes a lot of the pressure off of Jones. And the offensive line, for the most part, has been pretty good. Um, but the wide receiver room has been decimated by injury. And so nonetheless, Jones is still going to the plate, if you will use the baseball analogy, with a wiffle bat. And yet he has been able to get the job done. The Giants' defense, their front is one of the most unheralded in the league, but very effective, mm -hmm. especially now that they've got their starting four together. Finally, after all year of dealing with injuries, Ojolari and Thibodeau on the edges, Williams and Lawrence inside. It is potentially one of the most dangerous front fours in the National Football League when they're all healthy and playing. Fortunately for the Giants, they are. Washington caught their wrath last week. Uh, linebackers, functional, secondary, absolutely decimated by injury. The secondary and the wide receiver positions have been destroyed by the injury bug. And to be frank with you, it's a shame that they haven't had more of their regulars at either one of those positions uh, if they had, they would not be trying to hold on for a wild card spot this week. For sure. I, I want to talk about Daniel Jones, Paul. Uh, but, but before we get there, you mentioned the secondary decimated by injuries. Well, they're going to have to come into Minnesota to play against the best receiver in football or, or one of the best receiver in football. It, oh, he's arguable. outstanding. He, he's incredible. He's, he's, yeah. he's got a chance at 2000. Um, he's, he's, he's closing in on, on Moss, his rec franchise record for singles. Don't forget the other two guys. Yep, yep, and those two All guys right. Thielen and Osborne can play. Absolutely. K.J. Osborne proved that last week with, with 10 catches, 157, and, and a touchdown that started the greatest comeback of all time. How, how do you defend Justin Jefferson without the, the, you know, the, the depth and, and the amount of you know, top-tier secondary position players that aren't playing because of injury? Uh, my thing would say you, if you pressure Kirk Cousins, you can't get him. He can't throw him the ball, and and that's probably where the Giants win the game if, if they do. Is is bother Kirk Cousins, take advantage of the shoddy left guard and right guard play, and 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 hope he can't throw the ball to Justin Jefferson. What's your diagnosis on how, how you stop this guy uh, that not many guys have have just found a way to stop so far this year? That's it. The the Giants uh, blitz more than any other team in the league. That's what Wink Martindale does. He's sending people at around 45%, I believe. And Kirk Cousins' history indicates 
that he is not a quarterback who likes to get blitzed. Mm -hmm. He does not a quarterback who likes to get hit. And you know, he's been the most hit of any quarterback in the league this year. He's got five fumbles and 11 interceptions. So he will give it up. Part of his problem is he's so anxious to make a big play with those great receivers. And I can't blame him, but he holds the ball too long and he's too stationary. The Giants front four will be foaming at the mouth to not only turn Cousins black and blue, but more purple than his uniform. <laughs> um, that's the way you deal with the snake. You cut its head off. And, and I expect Wink Martindale to be not only coming hot and heavy after Kirk Cousins, but it will be a variety of looks and packages and a variety of blitzes that are going I, I call I call Wink Martindale. I told him this several months ago. I said, Wink, you've only been here a short time, but I got a nickname for your defense because no one else has given you one. I call it the kaleidoscope defense. Because you never know what you're gonna see and what's coming next. He will send anybody at any time from any position on the field. He calls his defense a positionless defense because you never know who's playing linebacker, safety, corner, defensive end, or defensive tackle. He's just putting 11 guys on the field to stop that particular play. And it doesn't matter what position is listed on the roster. He just wants those 11 guys on the field, and they're going to do what he tells them to do. So it's, it's, it's worked. They, they've, they've gotten it done so far to the tune of 8-5-1. And, and it's not like they've shut people down yardage-wise because they will give up yardage. But they're outstanding in the red zone, okay? Outstanding in the red zone. Pretty damn good on third down. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to making a clutch or key play, they've also been able to hit people hard enough to jar the ball loose. I think, I think it's a good test for, for Kevin O'Connell this week because we saw three weeks ago, you know, the 37-point beatdown at the hands of the Dallas Cowboys. A lot of that was because the game was lost up front. You know, Kirk Cousins couldn't throw the ball. That, that front seven of, of Dallas got after him and, and made – life of living hell for that, that entire game, you know, on that Sunday before Thanksgiving. So I expect much of the same out of, out of the giants and in, in, in the way you're talking about Wink Martindale and the way they're blitzing and, and how, how different and multiple they can present to be at the line and then pre-snap and then post-snap. Uh, I loved his quote today. Were you there when he said, I'm the blue collar guy going against Harry Styles? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And he, and he's, he's a pleasure to be around, not just because he's an old school football guy, who just believes in, in in getting down and dirty and gritty. I mean, this is a guy who wants to go three downs and wrestle in the mud, okay? Mm -hmm. That's just the way he is. But he's also very witty and very funny. And the players really believe in him, and he believes in his players. And that's a big deal when you're playing on defense especially because if you want to be attacking and you want to be assertive and determined and you want to dictate – and basically take things away from the other team, you have to have that belief. You just have to. And in key spots, this team has basically just said, we're not going to let you do what you want to do. You might drive it 65 yards down the field. Then you get to the 15-yard line and they punish you. Yeah, that's it's going to be the ultimate test for the Vikings this week because when their offense has time, when Kirk Cousins has time in the pocket or Justin Jefferson has time to run his route downfield, 
they decimate teams, but you see that offense and, and Kevin O'Connell's mentioned it many times when the, when the line doesn't hold up and, and this isn't breaking any news here, it's, it's right. every team throughout the league, but when the line doesn't hold up, everything else breaks down. So Cousins is what, what I, what I term, and I stole this from a coworker of mine about 12, 15 years ago. I remember he used to call uh, Kurt Warner an incubator quarterback. Mm-hmm. And what he meant by that was if the line holds up and he's got all the complimentary tools around him, he's great. He's in an incubator, right? The conditions are exactly what he wants. And he will kill you under those circumstances. But if the conditions are not what he wants, more importantly, not what he needs, he becomes very pedestrian Mm -hmm. and sometimes a detriment to his team. Uh, I always thought that was a little unfair of Kurt Warner. I thought Warner deserved to be in the Hall of Fame and and was better than that. But I think Kirk Cousins is an incubator quarterback. And I think Washington believed that, which is why they let him walk. Absolutely. Paul, I want to talk about Daniel Jones. Like I said, maybe we'll save that for segment two because we're rolling with the defense. Kayvon Thibodeau fell to five. I think some people pre-draft had him one and then – happens with prospects you know if a guy was projected to go one if you find reasons not to draft him right he he felt he four teams found reasons not to draft him and he looks like a hell of a player which is what everyone expected him to be coming out of Oregon Uh, what what is your impressions of him to to this point it seems like he's really just caught 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 stride and and has proving to be the, the the player and the elite pass rusher that that everyone thought he could be and that everyone convinced him, or at least four teams convinced themselves that he wasn't going to be right away. All right, I'll make it real simple for you. Here are the positives. He's got an incredibly unique skill set, specifically mm-hmm. his get-off at the line. Very, very uh, quick off the snap. So, so that causes a lot of trouble for people. The other thing that he's got is tremendous athleticism and bendability around the edge. And, and those two things combined make him a nightmare for tackles who can't handle those types of skill sets. And there are a lot of them in this league, believe it or not, you know, who will have trouble with speed rushers. Yep. But it's not just his speed or his athleticism. It's the quickness at the snap. That's a special trait. That's not just speed. Okay. It's reaction time. Mm-hmm. That's different than speed. So that's what makes him unique. So that's number one. Uh, On the other side of the ledger, he sprained his knee uh, in the preseason, Mm -hmm. missed the first couple of games, and then wore a knee brace when he first came back for the first several weeks. What did I just tell you? His quickness, his speed, his athleticism, his get-off. What do you think was hampered by the knee brace more than anything else? His, His, His tools. Yep. The stuff that he uses to prioritize his production was limited by a sprained MCL and then by a knee brace as he got back into the lineup. Since he got rid of the knee brace, every single game he has played, he has been improving and become more productive and shown exactly what he showed on tape when he was with the Oregon Ducks. It has now culminated in his best game of the season against Washington the other day. He is going to be a terror for a lot of offenses 
for the next several years. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad for him because he started slow and he took some heat from the fans and the media here in New York. But if you understand the game and you know what he was going through injury-wise, you could understand it. But, you know, nobody wants to hear about that, right? right. So, so, but now he's healthy and he's got his legs under him and is using his tools to his advantage. The only other thing that's going to make him even more devastating is experience. Yeah. Because he's still a rookie and he's playing through that rookie wall right now. Remember, college teams don't usually play this many games. <laughs> so, so he's dealing with that as he learns from experience complementary moves on how to shed, how to counter. Those things can only be learned through experience. He wasn't facing NFL tackles when he was at Oregon. Right. So many times his first move was good enough. He's now had to learn on the fly here in the NFL because the Giants needed him to start as soon as possible. He's had to learn how to add to the repertoire so that he has a complete toolbox to attack when he's going in to make a play. And, and right now we're, we're seeing, we're seeing how good this guy can really be. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that, that matchup with whatever tackle he rushes against this, this weekend. He will um, usually be on the right edge of the Giants defense. Okay. So he'll go against Darisaw, who I understand has got an achy back. Yep, achy That's back. not a good news yep. for Kirk Cousins. Yeah. So we'll see. Because Darisaw has been when he's been healthy and fully up to his, you know, his playing up to his potential, he's been one of the best left tackles in the league. But to your right. point, he has battled through some injuries. He is playing through his first full season, you know, of being an NFL starter, game in, game out. You saw him even go down with some cramps last week in, in the amazing 33 point comeback. So he, he's gonna have his work cut out for him, as will the entire Vikings offensive line. Um, I think me and you can both agree, like, this game will be won or lost in the trenches. Um, so I'm interested to see how the Vikings offense fares against the defense. Uh, Paul, when we come back, let's talk a little bit about Daniel Jones because I, he, he's such an enigma to me, or I feel like nationally people don't know how to really talk about that guy because, like you said, he's not the sexy quarterback. He's not the one you want on your fantasy team, but guy just gets the job done. He, he's done a great job this year. More on that when we come back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani, joined today by Paul Dettino. Uh, he's been in the New York media market for a long time. He's a member of the New York Giants broadcasting team, and we're happy to have him on today. Uh, we just went deep on the, the, Vic or the Vikings offense versus the Giants defense. Want to talk a little bit about Daniel Jones? Paul, what's your main takeaway with him this year? Because 
it seems like at least from a national perspective and from a 30,000 foot perspective of someone who's not there in that echo chamber of the giants every day, like people want the giants to move on from Daniel Jones, expect them to move on from Daniel Jones. What is it like covering him every day? And what, what growths have you seen him take in strides? Have you seen him take over the last He's a years? really, really good guy and is beloved in that locker room and a true leader in that locker room. Mm -hmm. He is so much like Eli Manning. We kind of joke that he's the fourth Manning brother who somehow <laughs> got adopted and wound up with a different last name. <laughs> um, of course, he's not putting up the kind of numbers that Eli put up mm -hmm. because the Giants offense, obviously, with a very thin wide receiving core and a, an offensive line that's much improved, but still not at its full potential, obviously, because they had to basically rebuild it this, this season. And it's hard for an offensive line to max out in its first year together. I think everybody understands that. Mm -hmm. So they've been challenged offensively with the tools around him. So he's had to play it conservatively and rely heavily on his legs and on Saquon Barkley, mm -hmm. which isn't such a bad deal when you know that Barkley's run for over 1,000 yards already right. and Jones himself has run for over 500. Um, this is a team – that in all honesty, they try to find, depending upon the matchup, the smartest way to win the game. And Tom Coughlin, many years ago, said before he resigned from the Giants and, and wound up you know, going into the front office with Jacksonville, that more games in this league are lost rather than won. Yep. And what he meant by that was teams tend to make a lot of mistakes and self-destruct. And as long as you play clean football and don't lose the turnover battle and don't commit a bunch of stupid penalties and, and don't make a bunch of mental mistakes, that's basically how you can win most of your games. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily have to out-statistic your opponent. You just have to be clean in your operation. And that's what the Giants have done this year. Coach Brian Dable, his assistants, Mike Kafka on offense, and Wink Martindale on defense as the two coordinators have preached smart game plans and playing clean football. Daniel Jones has adapted to that style of play as well as any quarterback could, and that's what he's done. He's cut down on his turnovers. He's incredibly perceptive on the field, understands what they're trying to do, is very smart and heady with his decision-making process, has has improved his accuracy. Um, he's done better with his running in terms of making the, the right moves and when to run and where he's going to run and when he's going to go down. He's holding on to the ball better when he gets hit when he's on the run, so he's cut down on the fumbles. He's, he's done everything that they have asked except – Please, fantasy football people who want 400 yards a game and four touchdown passes a game. Those people are not happy. They're very <laughs> angry because Daniel Jones isn't going to give them that. He's just going to help the Giants organization win games. I guess he needs to apologize for that, right? Hey, it's, it's a fantasy football world now, which we're seeing, right? Like, a, Yeah. You, you almost see that take precedent over over at game day. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. The fan, there's a lot of fans in New York who are definitely that way. And it's yeah. a shame because they're not living in reality. 
Yep. You know, that's why they call it fantasy football. You understand? In because the name. it's not real. It's garbage. <laughs> Seriously. And by the way, this is the first time he's had the same offensive coordinator in back-to-back seasons. Yeah. And that makes a big deal, too, because he understands the system and he's incredibly comfortable with it. For sure. Do you think he like, – what his, what's his viability as a franchise quarterback long-term? Because like you said, he's adapted to the system. He's bought in. He finally has some level of consistency with offensive coordinators in back-to-back years, and and everyone knows as a young quarterback in this league, it's it's hard if if, if the offense is changing every year. What is his viability as a long-term guy in New York? Um, is I don't he... think there's any doubt that he's the guy. I, I I believe that the organization already figured it out sometime before Halloween mm-hmm. uh, that as long as he stayed healthy and could prove that he would remain on the field for a full season, you know, because he has had injury trouble. Mm-hmm. Let's face it, you know, his first three years, he missed at least one game because of injury. So durability was one of the things he had to answer to this new front office. So I think that they believe, going into Halloween even, they had seen enough of him to believe that he's their guy. But now they still had half a season to play, and nobody knew if his durability was going to hold up, especially considering how often he runs. Dane. This, this guy's not afraid to take off with the ball. And they actually call plays for him with the RPOs. They want him to run because they don't have enough weaponry at wide receiver to necessarily do what they want to offensively. So until they address that in the offseason, he's got to run more than I think they want him to. Yeah. Because that's how they have to try to win games. You know, this year he has five fourth quarter game winning drives to his credit. Remember, the Giants have eight wins. Yeah, He's got five fourth-quarter game-winning drives. Do I really need to, to prove anything else to you? Yeah. No, I, I hear you. Grass isn't always greener. We see that a lot of times, right? Like people say, oh, we, they need to move on from this guy and, and, and fail to take into account like what he's done to this point. Uh, he's going to have an opportunity this weekend against the Vikings defense. It's one of the worst in the league. They're going to play off coverage. They're going to let Daniel Jones throw into gaps, whether it's on the outside or on the middle of the field. He loves zone defenses. Well, he loves zone defenses. He's going to love it this weekend because they play about nine yards off every play. And I guess the Ed Donatel defense is obviously rooted in the Vic Fangio. It's, you know, obviously derived from that and keep everything in front of you. Don't get beat over the top. They got beat over the top a couple of times, two weeks ago against the lions. This defense isn't, you know, averse to a, a breakdown or two, but I think Daniel Jones is is going to be in store for for a good day. Uh, you know, from an NFL perspective, and maybe even he'll 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 please some fantasy football owners this weekend, Paul, with with his stats <laughs> because this defense is going to have trouble. Whether it's with him running the ball, Saquon running the ball, um, I know you, obviously you said the pass catchers are have been riddled by injuries this year. Uh, you said something interesting to me before we kind of hop back on in between break. Because I think, like, if, if the Giants can get after Kirk Cousins, they can win the game in the trenches up front. They can win the game. You said it, it might not be that simple. Where, where do you think this game is going to be won and lost on, on Saturday, on Christmas Eve? It's going to be all about the big or explosive plays. Mm-hmm. The Giants will win the trenches on Saturday. I don't think there's any doubt about Absolutely. that. I, I feel very confident in saying that. But here's the thing. The Vikings don't need to have the ball very long in order to score enough points to win. 
they can put up 30 points in a hurry. We saw yeah. that last weekend. <laughs> okay. The Giants, the Giants will harass the living crap out of Cousins. They probably will get at least two takeaways out of him. At least one fumble and at least one interception. That won't surprise me at all. Even though they don't have a lot of picks this year, Cousins is apt to throw them. Mm-hmm. So I think they'll get some takeaways and they'll win the line of scrimmage. But here's the other part to how the Giants want to win this game. They want to control the time of possession, obviously, to reduce the number of minutes that Cousins has the ball in his hands because he's got too many explosive weapons who can make big plays. Mm -hmm. So the Giants could hold the ball for 35 minutes, rely on Barkley to run for over 100 yards. They can use the short passing game, which they've become very adept at doing, to continue to get the clock to roll and reduce this game to maybe nine possessions for Minnesota. Mm-hmm. That could happen. They could they could reduce reduce it maybe even eight possessions if they're lucky. Okay, here's the problem: Minnesota between those three receivers and Dalvin Cook, we saw Cook take a screen pass sixty four yards for a touchdown last weekend. Okay, that's the problem. Minnesota in a heartbeat can unleash explosive plays that will go for points. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is what's going to determine if the Giants pull off this upset. If Minnesota is able to get enough explosive plays to win the game or not. Because the Giants will win the trenches. I don't have much much doubt about that. And in football 101, winning the trenches usually means you got a good chance to win the game. But because of the Vikings' weaponry and the fact that the Giants' secondary is decimated, with only one opening day starter still in the defensive backfield, that's safety Julian Love. I just don't know if the Giants are going to be able to cut down on the explosive plays enough to steal the game. That's why I think Minnesota has a right to be favored, but I could certainly see the Giants having more than a puncher's chance to pull off the upset. Absolutely. You said it earlier, Paul you want to kill the snake, just cut off the head. So even if they have these explosive plays and the ability to, to, to kind of bring that down in, down out, if they can just make Kirk Cousins uncomfortable, maybe, maybe those won't become an issue. But I, I think you're, you're spot on in, in your assessment there. Um, this, well, this he offense, keeps getting up. No matter how many times he gets hit, he does keep getting up. Yep. I'll give Cousins credit for that. Mm-hmm. He keeps getting up. And, and that's the thing, you know, it doesn't, I mean, on a, on a given series, maybe you stop him the first three plays, and all of a sudden it's third and 17. He hits Jefferson on a, on a 20-yard skinny post, and he's gone for 70 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, just like that, right? It can happen. That's so, it. So yeah. that's my secret. Stop the explosive plays, and I think the Giants can pull it off. Yeah, we'll see on Saturday, though. I'm certainly looking forward to the game. Who knows? Maybe this is a, a wild card weekend playoff preview as well because the way, Could the, be. the way it's setting up, this might be the first time of, of, of two meetings in the next month or so. But It certainly could be. We'll see. We'll see. Paul, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Can't wait to catch up at the game on Saturday. And, uh, you know, this, this should be a good one. Um, two, two teams playing relevant football in December. You know, you can't ask for anything better. Yeah, it's certainly very, very cool. No doubt about that. Good to be with you, and we'll see you out there. Absolutely. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Damien Zutani. I want to thank our friend Paul Dottino for stopping by. He's a riot. 
Uh, you can tell he's been doing it a long time and happy to have him on. Appreciated his insight. Uh, he hates fantasy football, though, I guess, which I, I can't say I agree with him. So everything else I did agree with, though, he, he was a great guest to have on and can't wait to see him on Saturday at the game. All right, Purple Prop Party, time for that. Vikings this weekend, Christmas Eve game, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central. Vikings four minus four and a half on Saturday. So they are favored. They deserve to be favored. They're 11 and three, have won the NFC North, going up against a team in the New York Giants who minus a win in Monday Night Football have, have been a team in turmoil for the past month. So the Vikings minus four and a half this weekend, the over under 48. Uh, I expect the Vikings to win. I really do. I mean, you looked at what they did last week against the Indianapolis Colts. They played about as worse of a 30-minute stretch of football as you could possibly play. And then they played about as good of a 30-minute stretch of football as you could possibly play. It, look, if you fall behind the Giants by 30 points, you're not going to win. That's that's like a very well-duh comment. You're not going to beat the Giants if you fall behind by 30 points. They're not the Colts. They're not coached by Jeff Saturday. They're coached by Brian Dable, who is – proven to be a very, very good head coach in the league. Um, if the Vikings screw around in the first half, they will not be able to mount the comeback in the second half. That being said, I think the Vikings figured something out in the second half against the Indianapolis Colts. I think they understand the way they need to play football, the details that are important. You've heard Kevin O'Connell all season talk about situational masters and how the Vikings know how to play in certain parts and facets of the game and in big moments. Um, you just have to bring that to the start on Saturday at noon on Christmas Eve, kind of a weird game. It's going to be crappy weather in Minnesota all week. Just start fast and you will win this football game. You are better than the New York Giants. I think the Vikings are better than the New York Giants. I think they will prove this weekend that they are better than the New York Giants. Minus four and a half. I expect them to cover that. Um, and I do expect an over on, on 48. Um, I think that's a pretty good line by Vegas. Um, by DraftKings Sportsbook, the one we use, 48. That seems pretty close to spot on. Um, but these two offenses, I, I, I think they're going to score points. Um, I think the Vikings will just score enough more points than the Giants to cover that four-and-a-half-point spread. Moving on to our player prop. DraftKings does not have their player prop bets up for Christmas Eve, so we're going to go back to using prize picks. We do that from time to time. Prize picks is a great app. This is not an ad. Um, it's just we use prize picks sometimes with me and my buddies, and it's a, it's a good time. It's a nice way to pick over unders and you know kind of throw a couple money, a couple dollars here and there. Um, on prize picks this week, Justin Jefferson's receiving total is at ninety two and a half, over under ninety two and a half. I expect Justin Jefferson to go over ninety two and a half. Um, you heard Paul Dettino, our friend from the New York Giants broadcasting team, just talk about it. The New York Giants are decimated in the secondary. They don't have anyone physically capable of defending Justin Jefferson. They're going to probably send doubles, maybe even triples. Kirk Cousins is going to have his work cut out for him with, you know, the front seven of the New York Giants, especially the front four of the New York Giants, kind of getting after that Vikings offensive line. But I think the Vikings in the past month have proven, even if Kirk Cousins have, doesn't have a ton of time to throw, there are ways to get Justin Jefferson the ball in space. Um, you, you see his game last week. He was really good against Stephon Gilmore, but he didn't have any explosive, big, you know, 50-yard touchdowns, you know, defensive breakdown. He, Justin Jefferson gets behind them over the top. It was just a steady dose of 10-yard catch here, 12-yard catch here, 15-yard catch there. 
Um, I expect the Vikings to be able to do that against the Giants on Christmas Eve, regardless of how the offensive line holds up for Kirk Cousins. I think Kevin O'Connell, I think the offense, I think everyone understands just give Kirk Cousins a couple of seconds to throw, let him get Justin Jefferson the ball in space, and let that dude go to work. 92 and a half, I expect him to go over that. If he does hit that over, even if he doesn't hit that over, he's going to pass Randy Moss this weekend, knock on wood, assuming injury is not an issue for Justin Jefferson. He's nine yards behind Randy Moss's single-season franchise record for receiving yards in a year. I think he's at 1623 right now. Moss topped out at 1632. Justin Jefferson's going to pass that this weekend, maybe even on the first catch of the game. But overall, 92.5 seems like a fair line. It's what we're really hovering at pretty much every week now. Actually, our great producer, Spencer, when I was looking up this line total, um, said, I'm going to guess 92.5 because it's been flirting around that number for the past month or so. Sure enough, 92.5. Maybe Spencer's just going to leave our our podcast and go be a bookie in Vegas because clearly he knows what he's talking about. All right, there you have it. Vikings minus four and a half. I expect them to cover that. Justin Jefferson, 92 and a half receiving yards. I expect him over that. And I expect a good game this weekend. I expect a good game on Christmas Eve. I don't expect a blowout. You never do with the Vikings. They always keep it interesting. I I do not think they're going to fall behind by 33 points this week and then have to mount the biggest comeback in in NFL history, you know, once again. Um, But I expect them to come out. I expect them to be a close game. um, And I expect them to come out on top heading into Christmas in Minnesota. That's all we got for this week's episode. We'll be back. I'll be back with Tom Schreier on Saturday on Christmas Eve to break down what is either a win or a loss, maybe even a tie. We'll talk all about that on Saturday. You can listen to it on, on Christmas day with your family. Um, until next time, I'm Dan Yuzitani with inside purple and gold. Thank you for stopping by. We'll talk See you on Saturday. Twenty four hundred sports is an Odyssey company.